guys. Welcome back to another episode of Chats in the Blog Cabin. If you're just joining um, the chats, I hope you go back and listen to some of the previous episodes. I'm Melissa. I'm the host and the owner of the Blog Cabin. Today, I'm joined by my amazing friend, Essence Hill. Essence is a fashion designer. You might want to listen to the chat to see what famous people have actually worn her clothes. Um, A professional organizer, organizing closets, and her you'll see what her most requested gift item is, as well as a fashion stylist. Not only are we going to hit about topics about her business, we're also going to talk about two incidents that happened to her nephews um, that they were racially profiled. So I hope you tune in. I hope you learn a lot from her. And I just had a great time chatting with her. So let's get chatting. edition of chats from the blog cabin i love how you're filming in essence i am today by my amazing and the, probably the most virtual person i've ever met essence hill essence why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself hi guys thank you so much for having me melissa uh, my name is essence hill i am a raleigh north carolina native i've been in raleigh since the age of nine years old um i am a fashion stylist, a closet organizer, um, you name it. Anything fashion related is connected to me. Okay, let's talk about your personal stylist first. How did you get into that? Um, Fashion has always been something that I've been into since probably kindergarten. I remember asking my mom to be able to pick out my own clothes for school pictures. Like that was a big deal for me. And so um, fashion became just something that I was attracted to and that was attracted to me. Um, So I made sure in school and at work that um, I've represented um, fashion. And um, my background is in the law, in in the legal field. I was a paralegal for 10 years and traditionally you would think going to court or um, being in a law firm, you kind of have to have this like, persona of a black suit or a navy suit. Well, I was the person that worked with a polka dot black and white skirt, a green blazer and animal print shoes. And that kind of stood out um, in the law firm. So my coworkers began, you know, they would come up to my desk in my office and be like, where'd you get those shoes? How'd you put that together? I would never put that together. And my first client was a coworker. So that's how I got started. That's pretty cool. As you see, I pulled up your Instagram to show people just how fashionable you are because you are super fashionable. (laughs) And I love how you pull things together. So it's not, you know, things that you don't think unexpectedly you can pull together. Mm -hmm. I love that. 
Thank you. And you're, are you teaching other people how to be a fashion stylist as well? Yep, I do offer classes for people who are interested in either styling and in, in building a clientele with personal styling or um, building a clientele with professional organizing. Yep. And how do they, what, they just contact you on your Instagram or your Facebook pages or? Yep, Instagram, Facebook, any social media, um, Essence Heal or Essence of Closets. And my website is essenceofclosets.com. Okay. Now let's talk about your closet organization because <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm just like in awe of the closets that you do. Yeah, so um, I kind of transitioned when I first started styling clients. Um, I offer organization exclusively to my clients only. I knew that I was out shopping and they would say, oh, I need to get a black dress for this upcoming event. And knowing in my mind, I was like, wait, I just bought a black dress for you. So something wasn't right. So I said, you know, what's going on in your closet? And so I started off at organization um, as a resource to my clients to make sure they weren't overspending and overshopping as we tend to do. Because if your closet's not organized, you don't know what's already in there. And um, you you repeat purchases that are not necessary. You're not actually wearing your, your wardrobe. And, Typically, we wear about 20% of our wardrobe. The other 80%, we can't see. <laughs> so that's why I started offering um, organization services. And in 2017, my focus on um, that aspect of my business kind of expanded and um, made a brand of its own. So I separated the two. And yeah, here I am. Yeah, I'm going to show the viewers something that you're famous for. <laughs> Can you guess what it is? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> cookies, your stacked Oreos. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. This is probably the one, one of the most requested things. Um, and it catches me off guard sometimes because I'll go into a client's home to do a consultation and we'll talk exclusively about the closet. And then they'll be like, when when do I get the Oreos? How do I get the Oreos? Um, so I think that is so funny that people like that's just a part of the package. Now, people want this in their homes and it is like the biggest uh, statement piece for your pantry or your kitchen. Like. It's a big deal to see cookies in a jar. Who would have who would have thought that? Yeah. How long does it take you to organize those cookies just right? Oh, no, it doesn't take long at all. Maybe like 10, 10, 15 minutes at the most, depending on the size. Um, if it's a, this one is a small jar, um, a one gallon jar. But um, I do the two gallon big jars as well, just depending on the client. And some people want two different two different jars. Yeah. Yep. Now you are not only just about um, closets, uh, regular closets, but you're also about pantries as well. Let me see if I can find a pantry picture up here. Because yep. I'm in awe of the pantry pictures. I love doing pantries. Love, love, love. Next to closet there. Yeah. Yep, that's the seasoning section of a pantry that I did. Um, so yeah, and it's not even just your closet in your pantry. It is the organization of your entire home. So I do everything from attics to garages, to basements, to linen closets. I love doing linen closets. Like that's like, um, it's like offering a hotel spa service in my mind. Like I want your house 
perfectly folded. I want your washcloths rolled up. I want your soaps to match your towel. Yeah, I can go on and on about a linen closet. <laughs> so, Addie, which one? Which one is your favorite? The personal styling or the closet organizing? Um, I'll say they're both my favorite. But if I had to choose only one thing to do for the rest of my life, it would be organizing. Um, styling is one thing, but organizing sets up a system in a home forever. And that's the part that I love the most. Like we all have things in our home where we can't find a tape or we can't find a certain outfit or whatever it is. And to know that I've been blessed with the skill to put a system in place in your home forever. I love that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, honestly, I wish I had some organizing right now. <laughs> now, um, what I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot. What would you say would be the worst thing that you've ever seen as far as your organizing goes? The worst thing? Um, I think the worst thing is someone who's not mentally prepared for my services. It, it takes a lot to first be open and honest about needing the help. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot to um, be able to be, um, to, to admit you're willing to change it. Because what you don't want to do is uh, hire me and not keep the systems in place. So I think the biggest challenge is someone who is just not mentally prepared. And um, I've been doing it for about six years now. So during the consultation and once I enter your home to actually look at the space, I can kind of tell um, if, if you're really ready or not. It's kind of like starting a weight loss plan or something. You, you don't want to give certain things up. You've been accustomed to a certain way of living. So for someone a stranger to come into your home and say, no, put this over here. It's, it's kind of a big deal mentally for some people. So that's been the biggest challenge. So do you think we'll ever see you on an episode of Hoarders where you go through in somebody's house or do you think that's just way too much of a challenge for you? <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I am not. There are organizers who, who offer services to um, that type of clientele. I'm not that type, but I'm not that type of organizer um, because there's a lot of different factors going on um, that that need a level of expertise that I'm not prepared for. And I know that. <laughs> You're like, mm -mm, mm -mm. you never know what you might find, right? Yeah, I have my boundaries. I think I've seen uh, the worst thing that I've seen probably while organizing was uh, a dead snake in a garage so that's kind of my limit right there i can't <laughs> like deal with feces and no that's it <laughs> you're kind of picking and you pick and choose your clientele then right i think my clientele chooses me oh, okay yeah yeah so luckily i haven't i haven't had to deal with uh a hoarding type issue yet so have you ever had to say no to somebody because you just didn't feel like it was the right fit? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's just happened recently this year. Um, I actually had to turn a client down, not, not because it wasn't a right fit as far as the services that I can offer, 
Um, but she had uh, six dogs. And, um, I actually started the project in the home um, on the second level. And when I got to the first level, which is where the dogs were, um, I found out I had an allergy. Oh, no. And it was bad. So um, I actually had to disengage from that home and that client. And it was hard. That was a very hard conversation for me to admit to. Yeah. Yeah. But you've got to worry about your health first. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, she wasn't, she totally understood, you know, pets are like children to most people. Mm -hmm. And so to, to be able to say your, your child (laughs) affects my health is hard. Um, But like I said, she was totally understanding and we still communicate and she'll send me, you know, pictures of different phases in her home. But yeah, I did have to let that one go. Now, are you the only one around the Raleigh area that does closet organization organizations? No, I'm not the only one, but I'm definitely one of the first ones um, to have started offering this type of type of skill and um, service. But no, there is a network um, of local organizers here in the in the same area. Well, that's that's pretty cool. I never even knew about that. That's pretty yeah, cool. kind of like a trend now, um, especially after the the uh, Netflix series with Marie Kondo. Once that came out, like it just became a thing. And so, yeah, there are a lot in the area. Um, also, too, where do you get? I know you have some clients that you don't you don't go through and tell who they are. But I know you've got some clients like in other states. How do you get the clients in the other states? I do. I usually don't um, post much about who I'm working for or who I'm servicing just out of their protection. And um, and most of my clients are okay with me telling who they are. I just prefer not to. Um, Some people have a lot of value in their home and I'm showing a lot of stuff. And at the same time, I don't want to, I show the before and after, but I don't ever want to shame them. Um, there's a lot put out on social media that can be taken the wrong way. So I'm, I'm protective over my clients. I treat them like family and I wouldn't allow anybody to talk, talk bad about my family. So I'm not going to let people talk bad about my clients. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, how I get clients out of state is social media. It's literally social media. Um, I can, I think, My first out-of-state client was in Atlanta about three years ago, two and a half, three years ago. It was strictly social media. And um, yeah, that's it. (laughs) Social media. If people say, will you travel? I say, yeah. Yeah, social media is end-all, (laughs) be-all. Now, let's talk about something else that you've kind of gone into with you being a personal stylist and organizer. You've also started designing some... um, T-shirts and some jackets as well. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, so I do have an e-commerce business as well. Um, all everything, like I said, is fashion related. I started seeing um, the trend of, of patches on jackets about two, three years ago, and I said, you know, I'm going to make my own. I'm going to put my own patches on my jacket and. Ended up making my own. I showed my sisters and they were like, oh, you're going to make me one too. 
showed them. Then it turned into my clients wanting one. So then I turned that into a whole different business. And um, my jackets have been worn in the last two Super Bowls um, by NFL wives. And during the coronavirus, I sat at home in quarantine like everyone else. And I was, you know, my personality and my business mindset wouldn't let me sit still and not do anything. So that's when I created these t-shirts. Like um, friend style, right? <laughs> yeah, social distancing. So I began uh, making these and marketing and selling these, which has been a whole nother level on my business. So yeah, I'm excited about that. Is this one of your jackets that you yep. that wore? That's my very first one. I was trying to find the one they wore in the Super Bowl, but I couldn't find it on Instagram. So <laughs> it's a, a whole nother page. It's called um, Defy Fashion. Defy Fashion. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me. See if I can pull that up while you're. Yeah. So just to tell you a little bit about that business, um, my mother, who is now deceased, owned a boutique here in Raleigh, North Carolina. And um, the name of her business was Designs Especially for You. So I took the name and incorporated that into this other business and um, came up with Defy Fashion. So that's, um, yep, that's me. Okay, here's your social distancing shirts. Huh? So now everybody can see it. I, I, I love those. Yes. And here's one of your um, one of your jackets. Yep. Which I think is super cool. I also love the fact that you did the next one is the mommy and me. I love that. That is so cool. That is so precious. I get tons of orders um, for mommy and daughter jackets, and, and that's I love that. Now, how did it feel having someone talk? wear it at the super bowl that is just that is amazing i was in shock like i was in total shock yep this is one of them um yeah i watched the playoffs and um the client had wore the jacket to the playoffs and she sent me a picture so that was a big deal to me and so i was like oh my gosh i hope you guys make it to the super bowl now i'm just excited about about her husband making it to the super bowl yeah. but I had no idea that she was going to wear it to the game, like no idea. So she sent me messages, sent me messages the morning of the game. I was like, oh, my God, that's, that happened in Raleigh, North Carolina. Like I put that on there. So um, it's a huge deal, huge deal. That was bigger to me than um, the fact that they won and uh, the fact that she wore it to, to, um, to the game. That, that was huge. Did you get a lot of orders from that though? I did. Um, I do have a lot of other NFL wife clients um, that didn't make it to the playoffs or, or any games like that. Um, but it just, once you, once you get one, you can get another one. They kind of like to wear the same thing. They kind of like to support the same businesses. So yeah, I have multiple um, NFL wife clients. That is super cool though. You know, I'm like, I know her. I know, I know just like that jacket. I knew her win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now let's talk about, since we've um, talked about, you know, most of your clients and stuff, let's talk about the racial tension. Cause I know you shared recently two posts on Facebook, one just today about two of your nephews. Um, and you gave me the okay to share for everybody that's asking. She gave me the okay to ask about this. Cause I, I, checked with her first because I wanted to make sure that I am 
sensitive to everybody's needs. Mm -hmm. so let's talk about that essence. Okay. Yeah. So in the midst of all that's going on in the world and in society right now, um, yesterday, um, I'll just say this really quickly during uh, Black Tuesday, where uh, a lot of people were just supporting Black businesses and entrepreneurs uh, reposting things. The um, professional organizers that organize uh, Kim Kardashian's home, Khloe Kardashian, Kris Jenner, um, they reached out and wanted to help support um, Black professional organizers. And so I was one of them who was able to um, get in touch with them. And they actually reposted my business and encouraged followers. So just a lot has been going on overnight. Um, so in the midst of that, they reposted my information and I gained, I think, about 1,500 followers. Oh, wow. In the last 24 hours. Um, so that was super cool. Um, but at the same time, we got you know, things going on, racial injustice is going on in our city um, throughout the country. Mm -hmm. um, I'm definitely aware. I'm definitely a part of the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, long before all this happened nationally, um, it happened personally for my family. Six years ago, um, my nephew who lives in Seattle, Washington was uh, a witness to a car accident and um, while he witnessed the accident, uh, the officer somehow began to engage with him thinking he had a connection with the victim of the accident. And he didn't know they were total strangers. So here he is, and he's a good Samaritan, and he begins to get um, questioned and interrogated um, about a stranger. Um, that, that particular incident escalated into a arrest and while he was being arrested the officer choked him with his hands um so needless to say it was a it's been a long battle over the last six years fighting that injustice my nephew had never been arrested no criminal charges He's raised in a home. My, my sister and brother-in-law are pastors. They, they have a church. So to see their, their youngest child go through something from, from just witnessing an accident to now having a criminal record that, that wasn't true was disheartening. Um, so long story short, they fought the charges. The charges got dropped. They hired a legal team and they just kept fighting, fighting, fighting. So literally it took six years and um, in April of 2020, they were uh, awarded a settlement of a six figure settlement finally. Mm -hmm. um, so they did get justice in that aspect, but unfortunately that officer that did that to him is still on the force and this is my nephew happens to be the 13th person that has filed an excessive um, force charge against that officer. Wow. So that happened. Did um, they get his, um, was his record at least wiped clean? His record is clean. Yeah. Uh, those charges are gone. He has a really, really good job now. Um, 
unfortunately, um, but that took some time. And just to have an interruption like that in a young man's life, he was he was 21 at the time. So um, to have that scar and that over something just by witnessing that, can you imagine you're witnessing an accident, you start telling the story, you're trying to help out, and then the next thing you know, you're a part of it and being arrested after a car accident? Yeah, that's... Um, yes. Yeah, so pop went in with a preconceived notion of what he wanted to think, what he wanted to think, regardless of what anybody else said. Right. Um, yeah, that, that was a very tough time for our family and it wasn't it wasn't something that went viral it you know we kept it pretty private just so that we could do things the right way um thank god that you know it didn't escalate to something much worse um, but there were no cameras to help him in the situation um there were no witnesses to help him like we really had to fight a fight um, and, and like I said, thank God that that, that part of justice prevailed and he was, uh, he's, he's living, he's fine. And, and, and they were just awarded that settlement. Wow. It, I hate that it takes, it took so long for you guys to get justice for that. I mean, his whole life was probably wrecked at that point. And he could have easily turned and done something, say, well, if they think I'm like this, then let me just turn out to be like this. So. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, so yeah, we, we got over that hurdle and here we are today, literally today here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, as I go to bed last night, after seeing all the stuff, the, the protests that are going on here um, in the name of, of George Floyd and what has gone on with that particular case, um, I get a phone call from my, my sister, my other sister who actually lives here. Um, that something tragic happened to my nephew who lives here. And he is 24 years old. Him and his friend were um, at his house yesterday riding four wheelers. Um, and someone began to pursue them as they're riding. And this man literally um, tried to run them off the road with his vehicle mm -hmm. and he ended up actually my nephew was in front of his friend the friend was in the back so he actually ended up hitting the friend and knocking him off um and in addition to that he he fired shots at them wow okay? this happened yesterday this is ha this happened in raleigh north carolina and this was a white man um they don't know this person they never seen him there was no interaction. Like there's, there's nothing to support why he decided to pursue them and pull out a gun. Um, so all I can say right now, um, of course, the case is still pending. That's going to be a long road ahead of us. But um, my nephew, my nephew's fine. His friend actually did have to get admitted to the hospital with some injuries, um, but they're both home right now. And I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. Um, this this particular nephew that I'm speaking of today is a professional NFL player. Mm. So I don't know what's going to happen um, with him being able to speak out about it, um, the team being able to speak out about it. But he literally just finished his rookie year as a professional NFL player and to come home, the place that he's, he was born and raised in, 
and experience this in such a crucial time when we are out here trying to make changes is heartbreaking. Like my sister, of course she didn't sleep last night. I barely slept. You know what I mean? So um, the, the man has been arrested and charged and we can all we can do right now is just pray uh, for swift justice and that their lives are protected and continue to be protected. Now, I've noticed on Facebook that you shared his charges, but his charges aren't like the heaviest charges possible. Am I correct? They're not. Um, in, in my opinion, if in a case like that, it should be a hate crime. Mm -hmm. it be a hate crime to pursue someone who has not done anything to you. Um, there was no altercation. Like, how do you change? And, and it was my nephew's neighborhood. This man doesn't live over there. Um, so I don't even know why he was there, how he found them. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. That's that that is strange. It's almost like he was out there looking to find somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I just can't believe that this type of stuff is still happening. And it's frustrating, even if it wasn't happening directly to my family to have it happening, period, is frustrating. It's heartbreaking. And I am happy to see that it is at least being highlighted and acknowledged and changes in the making. And I saw so many friends that are um, not of color now posting, now seeing, now recognizing, now speaking out and using their platforms. And I applaud you if you're part of that community community that has now said, this is not okay, I'm not okay with that. Um, I think the, the unity between um, people who just want the right thing done is gonna make a huge difference in society. We need your voice, you need our voice. We need, we need each other in order for the change to come. Um, so I am excited and happy that there are there's some progression, at least, um, in the social media world, you know, it's not something that we want to necessarily focus on. Everyone wants to focus on content and branding and, um, you know, things like that. And, and that's important, too. But, you know, to not be able to speak out and use the platform that God gave you on, on such a sensitive topic that is that is affecting the world um, is is a, is key. Yeah, I will say that I had actually scheduled you, what, two weeks ago before all this really erupted. And we were just going to talk about your business because I consider my essence is like my friend. I don't and, you know, I don't I may see that she's a black woman, but I don't see that she's anything other than that. You know, her characteristic stands out. She's a shining example for all races, not just her race. And so I wanted to highlight your your fashion design, your closets, your your fashion stylist. And then when this happened, when I was emailing you and I was like, hey, I know this is a hard topic, but I want to include it. Are you okay with it? And you were like, yes, absolutely. So. Yeah, absolutely. It would be crazy of me not to be able to speak about um, this as a woman of color and as a woman um, whose family has experienced the exact thing that society is is writing about right now. I know I posted yesterday on my social media because I normally don't post a lot about him because I because he has his own life and he right now he's um, active duty military so he can't speak out. Yeah. But I posted about how I reached out to my adopted son 
he came into our life in eighth grade and he's just like every time i see any of these videos i imagine his face on that and my heart just breaks so i can imagine the ones that actually gave birth to these kids how they are feeling and the ones that have known them all their lives how they're feeling and i just can't imagine why any human being would want to treat another human being mm -hmm. like animals i just don't understand that i don't understand it either and um i've reached out to um the local businesses that were unaware or unaffected or just haven't been in the loop for things like that like i'm willing to sit down with anybody who wants to talk about it because it's a reality for me. Um, I don't have children, but I have nephews um, whom I've assisted in raising. And so to see that happen, um, it doesn't just happen with the police or people who hate um, people of different races. It happens in our industry too with blogging and opportunities that we just don't necessarily get. We get looked over. Brands would rather go to um, white women. It, it, it just is a reality. Um, I've, I've personally had my own experiences where um, I've done photo shoots for people or brands or um, in certain communities where I've been questioned, why are you here? Uh, what are you doing here? Do you live here? That has happened to me. And I'm not talking about years ago. I'm talking about this year. Um, and, and that's just things that, you know, you probably don't experience or you probably wouldn't think that I experience. Uh, I'm the most professional, polite person that I know how to be. And so to be questioned as I'm doing the thing that I love, that's hard. That's hard. And it's not fair. And so um, you know, I've reached out to businesses, to bloggers, to anyone that like, let's talk about this. Like, Why, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to us? It, and I, I just don't understand. I don't understand racism. I don't understand hate. I don't know how you can wake up and think this person doesn't deserve it. I don't understand that. I don't either. I mean, I used to say I used to teach my girls not to wear, not to notice color. But then someone pointed out that was like racism. And I'm like, no, maybe what I should say is they notice color. But they don't let color define how they interact with a person or how they're going to treat a person. Yeah, that's I true. I had to rethink my and redo my phrasing because of that. Yeah, I think it's definitely important to rec recognize colors. We have to. I am a black woman. That it is what it is. But um, that doesn't mean that I don't work as hard as anyone else. It doesn't mean that I don't deserve the same opportunities. Um, and I'm willing to do the work. That's not the issue. It's the opportunities are not necessarily available um, the way that they are for other people. And, and that's just the truth. Yeah, it's just like the same, you know, because I'm in a biracial relationship and everybody thinks that my husband is an African-American man and he's not. He's a Mexican. He's from Mexico. And my girls get it from both sides. They get shaded from the white people because they're not white enough and they get shaded from the Mexican or Hispanic people because they don't know how to speak Spanish. I, and, you know. I can't imagine. And I've had the weirdest things happen, especially like when I travel, people think I'm a different race. It's so weird to me. Um, so I can only imagine what they 
what they have um, had to go through in their own. That's a whole nother form of, of uh, discrimination is mixed children and mixed families. But I always say mixed babies are the be most beautiful babies ever. <laughs> Look, I'm like, they are like the most beautiful babies ever because they have that their skin tone and then they have certain aspects from different from their parents that are just like, of course I'm biased anyways because I have three mixed, so. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. So um, what are some tips or what would you like to say to people who want to learn more about, you know, how to understand what you're going through? Um, I think that the most important thing is to, to be aware and bring awareness. Um, it's a very sensitive subject for everybody, even me. Um, but to be in denial about it and to act like it's not happening, um, you know, I definitely paid attention yesterday to these brands, businesses, retailers, um, brands like Nordstrom has spoken out, Macy's, like on a platform that they may have been uncomfortable with. And then you have people that, you know, didn't say a word or posted content as normal, like it's not really happening. And that part is not okay with me. No. That part, if, if there is if, if there is a trend in the nation, in the world that is happening, we had a record of every state in the United States that has rioted about George Floyd's death. If you have a business where you're posting regular content, you should have taken a moment to acknowledge that in your own way. If you're not comfortable posting a black square on Blackout Tuesday, I get it. But the acknowledgement that this happened and it's not the first time is insulting to me as your potential client or your past client. If you don't represent or can't speak openly about social injustices that are happening how can I trust you with my time, my talent, or my my money? Yeah, it's true. And yeah. honestly, I had a brand reach out that I had a due date yesterday, and I reached back out to them and said, you know what, I if it's okay, if I don't want to post it yesterday, I said, because I want to do it in support. I, I posted nothing on my blog at all yesterday because I felt like it needed to be silent for other people to see stuff. And I was like, if you're not okay with it, then I'll just lose the money. But luckily they were super okay with it. And they said, that's fine, you know. Yeah. But I feel that's like if you explain why you're doing it, most companies are okay with what you're doing, but you've got to have that voice. Mm -hmm. And that's important as a blogger and as an influencer, what are you able to influence? And if you can't use your own voice and you only speak for these brands, then I don't want to be a part of something like that. I don't want to be a part of a brand that requires me to be silent about something that is affecting society, that is affecting the world. Um, so I would um, definitely, you know, pay attention as a blogger, as an influencer to um, who you have attached your brand to. Don't don't necessarily money's important. And I'm not ever saying, you know, to sacrifice your livelihood, but at the same time, if your livelihood is costing you to be silent and you say that you care about uh, your fellow sister blogger, 
how how is that okay with you? How do you sleep at night knowing um, that you you personally know someone whose family has experienced racial injustice, and your blog or your content doesn't fit that? Yeah, yeah. So I know I I I don't speak out a lot about immigration because in respect for my girls because they're afraid something's going to happen to their dad if I speak out a lot about it. And so I like don't say a lot about it, but I'm like, I wish people would realize how hard it is for people from um, these poor countries to come into the United States because it's hard. You have to have a ton of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And see, that's something that I don't know anything about. So because you've experienced it and you have the platform to talk about it in your own way and in your own time, but it's important to educate us on what that means, why it's hard, because that affects voting, that affects our rights as a state, as a city, as a county. So if something is affecting your home and your livelihood, we need to know. Mm -hmm. We need to know because why would I vote if I call you a friend? Why would I vote um, in regards to something that would tear your house apart? Yep. So that's why communicating awareness and speaking out, out about social injustices and things like that are important because we elect these people, we decide who makes these decisions in our own lives. So, so it's important to know what you're going through. Yeah. And honestly, I think a lot of people are maybe scared that they're going to say the wrong thing. So they don't say anything at all. Yeah. I understand that. I understand that. I, I don't, like I said, it, it wasn't necessarily comfortable for me, especially to share. Like that's something we've been going through my first nephew mm -hmm. for six years and I never told the story and I'm going to stop doing that because I don't, I don't want people to judge me. I don't want people to think about this. I don't want to, but it happened. It's true. It's true. And if sharing that story, sometimes people need a direct, mm -hmm. uh, that they know directly that it's happened to in order to relate mentally. Mm -hmm. I've had so many people say, thank you for sharing. Thank you for telling me. Now I know. So, so the first time I posted, everyone was like, wow. And to see an actual settlement and they were like, it happened. Mm -hmm. And so now today I posted immediately, like, I was like, I have to tell people this happened in Raleigh. This happened yesterday. Like here we are where we are. And this happened yesterday. So I'm no longer silencing my platform for professionalism, for poise. Like it's no longer a family issue. It is a world issue. It is a, it is a society issue and whatever I can do to change that I will. Now let's talk about this. Like you just talked about your platform. So I wanted to bring up this picture because I absolutely adore this picture. Tell us the background behind this picture. So for years, I have wanted to do a, um, a, a dedication and devotion to Black History Month as a blogger. And I have never done that. Um, I will post past uh, figures, historical figures in regards to Black History Month, but I wanted to do something to honor them. And so finally, this February, um, I've had the same idea for years and years and years. And I said, you know, I really want to do something to honor 
Rosa Parks and her taking a seat to, to make a stand in history. Like that is huge. Like, and it's just something that we have been accustomed to that is normal to us now. Um, so that's what happened. I, I got some local influencers and bloggers together, people in the community. There's a lot of educators on this bus. Uh, about half of them are in the Wake and Durham um, school system. Yeah. And so we decided to get together and honor uh, Rosa Parson, what she did for the community and what she did for society. Um, and so this took place, uh, I reached out to North Hills and they were actually um, on board and fully supported this. And so, yeah, this, who knew that us taking these photos and doing this photo shoot in honor of Rosa Parks in February, that we would be talking about this so relevantly in, in June of 2020. I just, honestly, I just love those pictures. I mean, I just say, of course your fashion style comes totally out in those pictures. <laughs> <laughs> it speaks volumes and I'm in the front. I led the way. So like, it, it, it just speaks so, it's so loudly to what, what uh, voice that I do have, and it's time for me to use it in more than one way. Okay, so if there was one thing that you would like people to know, what would you say? One thing, please. Um, one thing I would want people to know is that we're all human. We are all human. And everybody just wants to be treated, treated fairly. That's it. Whatever your platform is, whatever level you are, you not you may not be a blogger or an influencer, but think about the people that are affected in just a nine to five job, um, where you know you're seeing injustices with people getting raises or people not being promoted, like speak up about that okay now we're going to end it on a light note because i didn't ask you this question because i like to kind of have it like a little throwout question to make you think but tell me what's one one unusual thing about yourself one unusual thing unusual that put you on the spot there <laughs> yes unusual um Unusual. I went to elementary school in Alaska. Unusual. Uh, what else? I have a ton of fruit allergies. That's unusual. Uh, what else? I think that's all I can think of. <laughs> unusual. Yeah. Then tell us one. Fun thing about yourself, then. One fun thing. Uh, I'm hilarious. Uh, you are freaking, you are really hilarious. Yeah. I'm an introvert, but TikTok yeah. brought the extrovert out in me. And so I have been posting TikTok content during quarantine, and people are so surprised um, to see that side of me. So, um, yeah, that's been fun. So I, I am, um, I'm funny in the house and around my family. That's because I'm comfortable with them. So yeah, showing, showing that side has been funny. 
thank you so much essence for coming on today and to share about your business as well as about what happened to your nephews thank you we'll be praying about your nephews and just about everything that's happening in the country please yes thank you and if there's anything else that you want to talk about or anytime you want to come back on, you are more than welcome to come back on because you know I love you, girl. Absolutely. I love you back. And I appreciate you reaching out and just um, fostering this relationship over the last few years. Like, I appreciate that. All right. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye, guys. Have a good day. Come back at 7.30. We have a special chats from the blog cabin. I have a round table of some amazing women coming on. So I hope you guys can join us there. Hey guys, thank you for listening to chats from the blog cabin. Essence really is such an amazing person. And I'm so glad that she agreed to come on and talk about some of the issues about race relations in the United States. Honestly, my heart just aches to think that it's still happening to, in this day. But I also hope that you've learned a lot about fashion and about designs and about um, just her styling business and her professional organization business. So I hope you have a great rest of your week and be blessed. And remember, keep chatting.